The college experience on the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by my bookie sign up over at mybookie.ag and use the promo code SGP 50 to claim your 50% deposit bonus today. Play win get paid over at mybookie.ag. The sports gambling podcast is brought to you by Amazon. You probably already shop at Amazon, but why not shop at Amazon and support the sports gambling podcast? All you have to do is log into sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Amazon. Bookmark that link and use it every time you shop at Amazon to support the podcast today. Let it ride. Yes. Woo. Welcome. Welcome to the college experience. My name is Colby Dant, AKA the swinging database <laughs> and in studio. Well, we got nobody. Patty C's got shit going on in his life. And Hey, this is what it is. It's the off season. Got to do what he's got to do. Don't give the guy a hard time. All right. He's probably trying to get his dick wet or something. I don't know what's going on. All right. Just don't give him a hard time. All right. We got shit to talk about. I I got this under control. I got it under fucking control. How are you guys? How the fuck are you? You can't tell one of my biggest go-tos is repeating what I just said just to try to buy time, trying to reach that hour long thing. Solo solo podcast. It's harder than you think. You crazy people out there. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying our special edition Mike Leach interview. If you're not, if you're not hip to this on the Sports Gambling Podcast feed, the original Sports Gambling Podcast feed. So that means if you're tuning into this this show, uh, and somehow you do not know what the Sports Gambling Podcast is, it is uh yeah, another podcast that was the original podcast that branched into this network. So what I'm saying is, is that we have a Mike Leach interview that we did uh, over at the sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Yeah, dot com or sportsgamblingpodcast, the podcast in general. Check it out. It's pretty awesome. I was pretty uh, excited to, to give that to you guys because, you know, I wrote that article. If you have not seen that, let me tell you, go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com and search through all the college football shit. I wrote articles on my top 25 power five coaches and my top 25 group of five coaches. And I got more, more lists coming up uh, as the off season continues, but that was pretty awesome. Leach and his people, uh, you know, class, nothing but class, nothing but good things to say about Washington state and Mike Leach. And I'm sure you will have, you'll see uh, him on again. So Check it out if you haven't get the chance. Come on, it's great, great stuff. One of the best coaches in. Well, I I rated him as the best coach in college football. Obviously, everything's argue. You can argue. You can't really prove that, but I I think my argument really was is that I'm not trying to to take away anything from what Dabo Sweeney and Saban and what some of those other coaches like Gary Patterson and Kyle Whittingham have done. They've done a great job. But to me, Mike Leach is the top coach in college football, mainly because 
He's won 11 games at Texas tech and he's won 11 games at Washington state. And not only that just always wins, just always wins. It's that simple. Like, um, and took over two really hard programs that were not very good once he's prior to him being there. So I, I do have him rated number one and yeah, he does not have a national championship, but that doesn't really mean as much to me. I mean, yes, winning a national championship would be a great attribute to add to his belt, but uh, he's at a school that probably doesn't, not probably just doesn't invest the same amount of money, harder place to recruit at. And voila, I have him number one though. Not to, not to discredit. I mean, obviously look as much as I can talk trash against, you know, uh, some of the, uh, scheduling that perhaps Clemson or, or, or some of the ACC or SEC does. Like you can't knock what Nick Saban and Dabble Sweeney have been doing. They've been doing amazing jobs. I don't know if they're paying their players. I, I got a little bit of, uh, a reason to believe that Clemson does, but I, who knows, who knows? but those guys are doing great jobs regardless, but welcome. Welcome to the college experience. I got, I even made a little sheet for you guys, you know, just to read through. I got, I got stuff just, just waiting to hit you guys waiting to hit you guys. Um, where are we at here? Let's talk. Well, let's start off first with college basketball. Michigan still has a name to head coach. And I got to admit, I think, I think, uh, one of our listeners hit me up on Twitter and I thought I I'll credit him because he did make a firm point. Well, first off, I'll say that Michigan just lost one of their top recruits. Jalen Wilson requested for his release from, from uh, attending Michigan university following beelines departure, which makes a lot of sense. Cause who knows who's going to coach Michigan at the moment. Um, but it was funny. I, I had kind of been pretty public on the previous podcast or saying that, uh, I think, you know, Donovan would be the correct choice or maybe a couple other answers. And I wasn't really big on Juwan Howard, which I, I shouldn't say that I'm not big on it. It's just, I don't know. I don't know how good he'll be. He's a pro coach going down to college. Obviously I think I, I stated in that previous episode that I think he'd recruit probably very well, especially from Chicago where he's from, which there's a, a just a hub of great talent in Chicago. But overall, I think I just don't know. I mean, we saw Chris Mullen. I, I don't even consider what he did at St. John's a failure, even though Patty C is telling me he heard reports that he never fully committed. I thought he was doing a decent job. I thought to give him another year or two, I thought the program was trending up much like I thought him and Ewing were at the same place. Patrick Ewing at Georgetown, I think has got the program going in the right direction considering, you know, yeah, he came in and Thompson, you know, had some success early on, but, uh, you know, they, they haven't, I just think they've been playing at a higher rate than they were prior to Thompson being there his final couple of years. So I just don't know though. You've seen other, other player coaches like for fail Drexler did it at Houston. Um, there's more that I could think of if I thought about it, but I just think sometimes it's, it's the, it's the, they rush too quick to, to Oh, let's get the guy that played ball for us. You know, and and he brought up a good point. Uh, this listener, I'm sorry, I don't have your Twitter handle on 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 uh, right in front of me, so I apologize for that. But brought up a great point because I was very high on the Penny Hardaway thing. And what's crazy is they they let Tubby Smith go, and Tubby Smith had a pretty good record. He didn't make the tournament that year, but he had a, a decent record. And uh, I was pretty high on the Penny Hardaway thing. I don't know why. 
I mean, I know he coaches some at high school, but I just, I thought Penny Hardaway was in, this could be me talking out of my ass, but I think like, okay, he was a great point guard. I, I loved his basketball game. I thought Penny Hardaway, if he had not gotten injured, was going to be a for sure Hall of Famer. And I thought he was a, a pass first point, like a true point guard, but also capable of scoring, which was awesome. Like scoring at, all, at, at any time, just a really special talent. And I, I just felt like he kind of understood the game. Also, you got to remember he got a knee injury pretty early into his career or so he had to sit back and watch a lot, a lot more than I think Juwan Howard had to, but maybe I'm wrong. I know Howard got a couple, couple, uh, late charity years out of the NBA, much like, you know, a lot of the old big men, Herb Williams and, uh, a bunch of other guys that, uh, sat at the end of the bench for a while. So maybe I'm wrong about Howard. Hopefully we'll get to see if I'm going to be wrong. I, it's not that I think he'll be a failure. I just think it's more of a stretch. He could be great. But he also, I, I just need to see more. But speaking of Penny Hardaway, I can tell you this. Holy shit, has Memphis turned that on. Penny Hardaway, we were talking last week. They were looking great because they keep landing all these recruits. Well, then they went out and landed the number one recruit in the nation. Five-star forward. Precious Achua. Probably butchering that last name. Commits to Memphis this past week. Guys, let me just run through. What the hell he's got coming in this year? Memphis was decent last year, by the way. Okay, Memphis did not make the tournament. Much like the year before with Tubby Smith, they won like 20. They had a winning record. They were decent. You saw a lot of promise in them. I thought, man, Penny Hardaway is going to get this thing together. But I didn't know he was going to... I still thought he was going to get it together because I was impressed with the way the team played. But man, look at this. Number one recruit in the nation. Precious Achua, or uh, probably butchering that. And then that's a five-star. That's a five-star forward. Well, then he also adds a five-star center of this class, James Wiseman. Then he also adds four-star Boogie Ellis, four-star Lester Quinones, four-star Damian Ball, four-star center Malcolm Dandridge, four-star forward DJ Jeffries. And then in spite of all that, I mean, that's fucking, they have the number one recruiting class in the country currently. Then he adds in grad transfer from Little Rock. Ray John Tucker, who was on the NBA radar a little, a little bit, averaged like 20 points a game at Little Rock. And uh, this team is going to be absolutely loaded. Now we're going to get to see how Penny does with that much talent because holy shit, they are not fucking around. They were clearly thinking about theirs. Penny Hardaway was clearly, clearly thinking about his. Whew. I'm excited for it though, man. It's good to see. I, I like it when you see like, you know, a, I mean, you know, that you know me, you guys, if you're listening to me for a long time, you know, I like to see the mid majors appear. I don't even consider Memphis. Like it's not even a true mid major, but it, I, I thought, I think college basketball is better when they're better. I'll put it like that. And I'm kind of digging this, maybe Memphis Houston rivalry we can have between Samson at, at Houston, Penny at Memphis. I think we got some great basketball games lined up. Dawkins at UCF. Who knows what happens at Cincinnati, but Wichita state should be pretty loaded next year. That uh, suddenly the American is, uh, is looking pretty strong. Yukon with Hurley loving the way the American, the American, the American is looking. Um, but yeah, Memphis, uh, I like seeing them good. They've been, if you, if you study your college basketball history, Memphis has been a really good program. I mean, throughout the eighties, I think they were in the final four a lot. And then obviously the Calipari years. And then even with Mem- with Penny, I think they made the tournament. 
They weren't as good as the Calipari years, obviously with Derek Rose, but excited to see them come back. Okay. Let's switch gears. Oh, actually, you know what? We could talk Memphis football. Mike Norvell still there. Had, I, I'm surprised he's still there to tell you the truth. And I hope he stays, sticks it out because Brady white, their quarterback who threw 26 touchdowns last year was granted a, another year of eligibility, which means he'll have two more years at Memphis. If Norvell stays, that means that's a lot of time for a guy who threw 26 touchdowns last year. Keep an eye on Memphis. I mean, Look, AAC football, obviously you got to think the front runners now are, are, you know, obviously UCF, obviously, uh, uh, I mean, Houston now that, that Holgerson's there. And then I would say Cincinnati won 10 games last year. Those are your three front runners. But right behind that is probably Houston, South Florida, Tulane. Don't sleep on Tulane. Made a bowl game for me last year on the over. Hope you listen to that. Um, but yes, Mem- Memphis, uh, that was news. Brady white got a second year of eligibility available. What else? West Virginia landed a uh, bowling green grad transfer. Jarrett Doge. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Dodge. It's Dodge. I think, and I'm just a fucking idiot. Um, but I thought that was interesting. Cause I kind of read, I was up on some, uh, West Virginia, uh, <laughs> websites on the forums look reading. And I was reading some Neil some statements from Neil Brown talking about how uh, Neil Brown's now the head coach, by the way, at West Virginia came over from Troy. I thought it was a great hire, but uh, you know, everyone had been really excited that this Oklahoma transfer, Austin Kendall, who's eligible this year had came in and thought, Oh man, this guy's going to be loaded. Oh man. It, you know, and next thing West Virginia is not going to miss a beat. Now what they don't count on is that uh, West Virginia is going to run a completely different offense. It's not going to be as open. Neil Brown runs a completely different offense than Dana Holgerson. So I think that could have potentially hurt Austin Kendall because when I was on the forum and when I was checking out uh, some WVU athletics, uh, I don't know what the fuck websites I was on, but they were talking about how Neil Brown was not happy with his spring game quarterback performance from all three of his quarterbacks and, and, if anything, I think the one he was most pleased with wasn't even uh, Austin Kendall, but the, the, the website was also stating that he's looking to get a grad transfer. Now we thought it was going to be the Troy backup quarterback that ended up going to Kentucky. I'm sorry, the Troy starting quarterback that potentially could have been the WVU backup to give them depth. He went to Kentucky, not West Virginia, which is a little surprising because everyone figured, Hey, he's familiar with Neil Brown. He'll probably go to West Virginia. Not the case though, but West Virginia went out and then landed Bowling Green transfer Jared Dodge, Doge, D O G, D O E G E. Am I a fucking idiot? I think I'm a fucking idiot. Um, let me sip some of this vodka. That's what it is. I haven't had enough alcohol. Mm. There it is. Victory, victory. Side note here, guys. You might think I'm a fucking raging alcoholic and as much as I want to be, I'm not, but I will tell you this story much like the song last night, a DJ saved my life. Well, not last night, but many, many nights ago, alcohol saved my life. That and my desire to watch a Kansas South Florida football game. 
right? True story here. Got a friend of mine calls me up as I'm walking. Like uh, I was fresh to Los Angeles. I was taking a train home from, from hanging out with some friends walking back to the train station because I did not have an automobile. This is not a subway train. This is an actual fucking Amtrak. And I got called as I just, I just finished walking like 25 minutes. I got called by my buddy who was telling me, trying to convince me to turn around, walk 25 minutes back. He's watching this Kansas South Florida game on like a Friday night. Both teams were good. I think surprisingly at the time, this is like 2007 or 2008, but he convinces me somehow, which I don't think any of all places. He's at a fucking California pizza kitchen, which I can only say one time in my life. I've been drunk at California pizza kitchen. And this was that one time he convinces me to turn me to turn around, which I almost think is like a godly act or something because I'm not crazy religious, but I'll say this. I don't know how many times someone could call me short of it being Jessica Alba or some ridiculously hot girl or something saying, Hey, come get drunk with me at California pizza kitchen. After I just walked 25 minutes in, in like decent heat. Um, so he convinces me to turn around after I think I was reluctant too. I was reluctant after like two or three, I was like, no dude, I'm not going to go fucking hang out at California pizza kitchen. I think he might've said like bar tabs on me or something, but I end up going walking all the way back. And sure enough, like I'm looking at the train, the train had came in right while he was on the phone with me. And then I I'm like, all right, dude, I'll fucking go to California pizza kitchen. Right. I walked like 20 minutes over to California pizza kitchen. Right. I go get drunk with them. Watch this Kansas South Florida game. And it's, it, it's, uh, it so happens that, uh, that train that I was going to get on crashed. And I think, I mean, it was a lot of people on the train, but I think there was a couple fa- there was a few fatalities, but there was like 30 or 40 people injured. But I mean, talk about, uh, talk about crazy shit. I mean, I, I, to this day, I think like that was crazy alcohol in a way. And my desire to watch college football saved my life potentially. Like, I don't know if I would have been on the front of the train. I don't know if I would have been on the back of the train. I don't know if I, cause I think what that, what happened was, is if memory serves me correct, I think the train crashed into another train. It didn't just like fall off the tracks. It crashed into another train. I think, I think he, I think the conductor was going at like a ridiculous high speed. I think the conductor or the conductor or the, whatever word that would be for the guy riding the, the guy in charge of the train. I think he was going at a really fast speed. And I think he was one of the fatalities, but anyway, I don't know why I told you that. Oh, cause I'm talking alcohol gets a bad rap. Sometimes, sometimes I read the comment section. And they're like, this fucking guy's drunk. Well, I wouldn't want to w- take you down my road, my road of life. All right. And that, Hey, alcohol potentially saved my life. What do you got to say to that? What the fuck do you have to say to that? <laughs> Let me sip some of this vodka. And thank, thank you, alcohol. We don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Welcome to the college experience. Um, what else do we got? What college football news? Dabo Sweeney. You know, I'm not high. I mean, look, seems like a good guy to me. Seems like a rah-rah guy. Fun personality when I see him on TV. But part of me, Clemson fans might get mad. Part of me always thought that there was a scumbag behind him. I don't know this to be true. Never met the guy. 
and, and it's probably wrong of me to even say that. I'm just speaking my mind right now, but I will say this. I always thought they were, I thought that they were probably cheating within these, seeing them, some of these recruiting classes the past year or so. And then seeing that FBI wiretap. Now that's not proof, but I, it can definitely persuade me to think that I'm probably right. And I would love to see this continue on when we may never figure this out or find out that probably happens all the time. But Dabo Sweeney recently said that he may quit college football if college football players get paid, which <laughs> like I give a shit. Who do you think you are, dude? Okay. You won two national championships, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But who the fuck are you, dude? If it's equal, like, like Mike Leach said on our interview, which I firm, I completely agree with. If it's equal all across the, the landscape of division one college football, I think that's fair. So pay him. Who gives a shit, right? I'm wondering if he's saying that to cover up the fact that he's already paid them based on that FBI wiretap, you know, throw the smoke in the other direction, push the smoke, or whatever, blow the smoke in the other direction. I don't know. Other college football news, former, former Penn State quarterback, Tommy Stevens, by the way, and I, I know that I shouldn't uh, wave my dick in the air in this, on this topic, because, but I will. He announced he's transferring to Mississippi State so he can be with old Joe Moorhead. I do believe, I do believe when we first heard that news about four, five, six episodes ago, I called that. I fucking called that. Now, I know that's not really rocket science. You're thinking, oh, well, he was the uh, former offensive coordinator who probably is very familiar with Stevens games. Now the head coach at Mississippi State. So I don't want to wave my dick too high in the air, but I'm saying I still fucking called that. And uh, I think it's a great, great get for Mississippi State because I was concerned even last year, Moorhead, even though they won a decent amount of games, I thought they were going to be better. I was higher on Mississippi State than what they actually ended up being. I was not that impressed despite them. I think they, they still had a fairly decent record, but I just thought they would be better. And I also thought Fitzgerald really struggled under Moorhead. And that showed, I mean, I, I even caught him at, I caught, caught them live against LSU. And I thought, man, he had a hard time completing a pass that game. Now I know LSU had some ballers on defense, but it just all season. I felt like Fitzgerald didn't really feel comfortable in that system and didn't look comfortable in that system. Now you've got Tommy Stevens, someone familiar with the system. That's a big get for Mississippi state. All of a sudden Mississippi state might have something going now. So keep an eye out on that. Cause I, I actually thought that coming in before I saw this transfer, I was like, man, Moorhead, I could see Mississippi state really trending down this year. Now, who knows now? Now I think, I mean, we'll see how it shakes out with the, uh, you know, the next couple months before the season starts. But I thought that was a pretty, pretty substantial get for Mississippi state. Still don't know where Deandre Francois is going. When are we going to find that out? Anyone know Deandre? Someone tweet him saying, where the hell are you actually going to go? Cause that's a gigantic get assuming he doesn't have to sit out or where, or for wherever he goes. Um, what else do we got before I talk NBA and NHL playoffs? How about this one? EA sports in talks potentially to bring back the college football and college basketball games. Look, I barely play fucking video games. Now I play tech ball and RBI baseball. 
and a few other maybe old school games. Occasionally I play some NBA Jam or something. I do have an Xbox One, but I never play the fucking thing. Every once in a while I'll play Castle Crashers or some shit, but that was more so because my ex liked to play that game. Um, so I'm not really excited about this. I haven't picked to play a relevant Madden in a long time, but I am excited though, because for the, for the, for the, the kids, for the kids, for the children, it's good to have a college football, college basketball game out there. And maybe I will bite. Maybe I'll get bored, but I don't really have that much time these days. You know, it's a tough time when you're, when you're out there being a piece of shit. <laughs> I don't know. Look. They should have the games. It should exist. Fuck you, Ed O'Bannon. All right? Kick the players back something little. I don't care. All right? The game should be available. You're ruining a lot of happiness for people. It's easy accessible. It's easily accessible. Can I fucking talk? I'm on my first drink. Jesus. Um, Former Oregon wide receiver. Can't give it up for this guy, by the way. Keenan Lowe. This guy was a high school football coach. Gym teacher, I think. Tackles a gunman, saves probably 20 people's lives. See, the, where that, where's that? Where's that? Where's the media there? Where's the fucking media there? Right? You want to bash football and all our players from, uh, you know, and rightfully so with Ray Rice and all this stuff. But like, kind of like Coach Lee said in our, in our interview to, <laughs> that I keep quoting, um, you, get, you get one bad guy out of 120. There's so many good stories. People don't talk enough about Chris Long. I saw Chris Long retire the other day. Same situation here. Former Oregon wideout uh, Keenan Lowe. Fucking hero. Hero. Where are you now, football bashers? Where the fuck are you now? <laughs> Guys. Before I dive into the rest of my news and notes, I want to tell you that the college experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by MyBookie. Sign up over at MyBookie.ag. And you, uh, I'm sorry. Sign over at uh, Sign up over at mybookie.ag and use the promo code SGP50 to claim your 50% deposit bonus today. They got a motto over there. You play, you win, you get paid over at mybookie.ag. It's a great time to bet, guys. I know it's not football season, it's not basketball season, so it's a little, or it's not college basketball, college football season, so you're thinking, ah, maybe I'll just save my dollars until the football and basketball season. No, there's still, there's still avenues here. I had the Raptors minus two tonight. But holy shit, did that one, we'll talk more on that in a minute, but uh, it hit. But point is, is there's NHL, there's NBA, there's MLB. Come on, you're getting bored, you wake up in the morning, especially if you're on the West Coast, games on at like 10 a.m. on like a Tuesday, just throw, throw 20 bucks on the Cubs to win the game, boom. It's fun. You're watching it at work, you're watching it at home, whatever you're doing with your day, gives you some action during the game. Even that soccer stuff over in Europe. <laughs> you can bet on that shit. You should listen to our guy Billy, by the way. Billy knows his shit. Um, and then you got what else? Boxing. You see that knockout the other night? Whoo! That is some. I haven't seen a knockout like that since like 1989. Brutal. Just a brutal knockout. Um, what else? Yeah, you got UFC, IndyCar racing. That's what the Indianapolis 500 coming up. I'm sure, you can bet on that. Preakness saw that horse go flying out of the gate. Guy took guy just went flying in the air. The horse was like, "Fuck you!" Loved it, loved it. <laughs> um, yeah. So you still got the Belmont Stakes coming up or whatever the fuck it is. The uh, the third race. 
<laughs> triple crown. <laughs> Uh, I get, I, I crack up when I li- when I hear myself talk about horse racing, win place or show guys. All right. Win fucking place or show. And then you got the arena football. I think it's called the AFL now or a- it's called something different, but that's going, you can bet on that. CFL's right around the corner about to kick off in June. I feel like I'm still forgetting some, some other stuff going on. MLS. LAFC is pretty nasty out here. It's a big, a bunch of hype about them. Galaxy aren't even that bad. I don't know how your team's doing. Actually, I don't really know shit about anything, but, um, but there's great avenues to bet here. Why be bored and just count the days to college football, which I, I agree happens to me when you can place, place a good 20, place a good 50 on some random shit, you know, nothing about, but that's why you listen to our podcast. Cause we got guys that can cover this. Now I'm not, I can't tell you anything about, you know, soccer, especially uh, overseas, but I can tell you that we got a guy that's money at that pretty good at boxing as well. You got Christian Pina knows his shit with baseball. Listen to the guy. We got other writers writing good stuff. We got Zach doing the NBA. He knows his shit. All for free guys. SportsGamblingPodcast.com. People writing up daily stuff all the time. Golf. How did I forget golf? Maybe because I'm not a big golf guy. Uh, but we got our golf guy, Steve. Does his, does his thing. He's money. He's absolute money. We got the girl, Monique, doing the, the horse racing in NHL. She's killing it. Look at me. I'm all knowledgeable over here. But seriously, guys. we, we, we I mean, NHL, though. Uh, Monique. Not to not to burn you, but I think I'm on the verge of being co- correct on my playoff prediction of the Bruins playing the Blues in the Stanley Cup. Don't want to jinx it yet, though. Sharks have been in this position before and, and pulled out. Or pulled the <laughs> pulled out pulled pulled uh, got got the win. <laughs> um. Ah, uh, what else? Um. Point is, you can gamble on all this stuff. We got guys that can help you, guys and gals, apparently. So um, let's do this. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com. By the way, thanks for uh, all those tweets with, with uh, some of our listeners wearing the merch. If you guys haven't had a chance to check out the merch, go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Click on merch. You can get yourself a college experience t-shirt. You can get yourself a sports gambling podcast t-shirt. You can get yourself a, a uh, baby fucking whale t-shirt. I mean, it's great. All of them, I think, look fresh, designed, done well. You can be out in the world waving that big dick energy up in the air, and I think you'll have a lot of takers. Gal-wise, you know, or if you're with a gal, you're married, you'll just walk into a bar. They'll say, hey, that's a cool-looking T-shirt. How about I buy you a Molson, all right? (laughs) Random stranger at the bar. Now, what I want you to do is I don't want you to sit there and think, oh, this guy's trying to fuck me. No, although he may be but probably not percentage wise. I'm going to say, no, I'm saying he just thinks what the fuck is that shirt? College experience. That thing looks cool. I want to buy this guy a Molson, which chances are chances are, unless you're in Canada, I doubt the bar is going to have a Molson. And that way you, in, in that case, you just call an audible and you say, Hey, I'll take whatever, whatever cold one you got going. But for some reason I got a feeling they're going to offer you a Molson as opposed to any other. Are you done with me fucking talking here? Let's get back to sports. Oh man, sorry. I can go on these tangents. 
I'm on my first drink. Haven't really got there yet. XFL news. Welcome. Welcome to the XFL. Bobby Stoops, baby. Bobby fucking Stoops. Head coach of Dallas. Haven't named the teams yet. So all I can say is Dallas. Team Dallas. Like an old school fucking Joe Montana video game. Uh... And I'm loving this potential rivalry between Team Dallas and Team Houston with uh, my guy, our guy, June Jones, at Houston. Loving the, the 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 connections to the air raid offense. But Bob Stoops trying to keep up with what Houston's doing. Bobby Stoops hired Hal Mummy, former Kentucky coach under Tim Couch. Hal Mummy, protege, by the way, the protege or the master to. Partly, I guess there's a few people you could probably credit there, but Mike Leach was the OC under Hal Mummy at Kentucky. Pretty awesome hire there. XFL's got me excited, guys. You guys know this. I'm desperate for spring football. I think it should be there. I think it works if we give it a chance. If there's consistency, it can build. It gives us another thing to gamble on. But we got to have consistency. We can't have the AAF and their dumb... The more I read, the more I see how stupid that fucking deal was. But anyway, we can still say fuck you to Tom Dondon because he got swept by the Boston Bruins. Swept. Pull out that broom. Swept. Look, you thought for a minute you're going to the Stanley Cup. You thought you might get some glory. No. 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 You need to start thinking about yours. (laughs) Oh, man. But seriously, NHL. Caught the game today. Blues looked fucking money. They're up uh, 3-2 now. They've won two in a row. They should, actually, in theory, the series should be over because that that cheap-ass play in game what, game three. But hey, kind of hate to see the Sharks lose, but I, I want to I see the Blues do it this year. I want to see them win the whole thing. Um, And I mean, I called the Blues and the Bruins in the uh, Stanley Cup, so I kind of want to see that I'm right. Although I'm always, I have nothing against the Sharks. But I don't want to celebrate yet, but I'm looking pretty good in the NHL. Who knew me? Me as the, uh, as the, as the hockey guy, eh? My fucking knowledge coming through on all, on all accounts, guys. Look, I focus on college football. I focus on college basketball. But I know my shit with some NBA, some NFL, some NHL is clearly showing. Hell, I might make fucking Indy 500 picks next next week or something. Patty C was quick to remind me that uh, UVA won against uh, Maryland or something in lacrosse. And now the, I don't fucking know. We'll talk to him later in the week and get his lacrosse take. He, went, he, he texted me some gibberish about tout and lacrosse. Look, I don't know. Um, but I'm looking good in hockey. Looking good. Feeling good. And let me tell you this, guys. What are you doing this week if you're in the Los Angeles area? I'll tell you what you should be doing. Tuesday, the 21st of May. Sycamore Tavern, a place called the Dojo of Comedy on Sunset Boulevard. Me and Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast are hosting our monthly locker room comedy show with great comics from all over. They've been on TV They've been all over the fucking planet. They're great comics. What are you doing? Come on out. You're in the area. Come on out. 10 p.m. show on a Tuesday, which sucks because there was no 8 8 p.m. slots available. So, hey, we're going to need some more people this time. 
All right. 10, 10 PM is a tough, a tough time on a Tuesday, even though it's Los Angeles. Um, Oh, and also on the 23rd, if you're listening to this and you're in the Los Angeles area, I will be doing the Laguna beach brewery in, in, in surprisingly in Laguna beach. Come on down, catch a show. Let's do this. I got other shows coming. I just don't remember where the hell they are, when the hell they are, but stay tuned. And if you're in the LA area, please come out to uh, come out to the Tuesday show. That's more important that we get people on a, on a 10 o'clock show at, at, on a Tuesday. But, uh, but yeah, uh, NBA talk. Okay. My warriors. Well, my warriors, I call it the warriors. So I'm going to say my warriors, they're up three. Oh, that game. I thought they played a beautiful game of basketball. Eagle Dalla got injured. Obviously Durant's out, uh, boogies out, but man, that was, I look, I, I don't hate them as much as most people hate them. I feel like, cause I like the way they play. I mean, I know they shoot probably way more threes than I traditionally like, but I like how unselfish they are, especially when Durant's off the court. It seems like that's not a shot at you, Durant. I know you're amazing, but I'm saying I just like, I, I feel like the team is a beautiful brand of basketball to watch while he's off the court. And they're just like Tremont green played his ass off the other day. Great fucking passing forward. It was, it was great to watch. Great to watch. But, um, and then the Raptors, uh, won in double overtime today. Minus two made me sweat that fucking thing out. Um, I still think the Raptors are going to lose the series. I like the bucks in six or seven. I think the bucks might even win game four. Originally I thought the Raptors would win the next two. I don't know, man. The bucks almost won the night. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Raptors need to own it. They need to get the get shit together for game four, but that series, I think is still going to go six or seven. Um, I got to tell, actually, you know what I will talk about Patty C got me on this. He sent me this NBA top 50 list. He was rattling off some gibberish about David Robinson, and Tim Duncan, CBS released a top 50 players of all time, you know, as of now, and I'm just going to go through, we'll go, actually, we're going to, we're going to, you're probably going to hate me for going through all these, but some of these are ridiculous. All right. I'm just going to quickly go through them for you. 50. Number 50. Greatest player of all time. Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> I find that fucking absurd already. Um, 49. Dwight Howard. <laughs> I don't know. I just no. I, I find that one absurd already. I know I got into, I got into a big, Twitter argument with uh, Evan Turner over Dwight Howard being a for sure Hall of Famer just because he won a couple defensive MVP awards. Uh, look, I don't, I don't care what side you take on this. I just don't think the guy ever was very skilled offensively, and just I don't think he should be a Hall of Famer for a lot. Of, if, and if uh, in a lot of cases, you could look at at the teams he was on and say that they got worse once he went there. I mean, Orlando would maybe be the only one without that. And it, I would still argue that Turkoglu was the man on that team. Uh, 48, Dominique Wilkins, 47, Reggie Miller. I think I would have Dominique over Reggie personally. Um, so I think whoever wrote this article probably isn't very old. Um, but Reggie's is still, I, I agree with Reggie being in the top 50. I think Ray Allen, 46. Okay. Yeah. Ray Allen was pretty awesome. It should probably be a little higher. Bob Pettit at 45. I never saw Bob Pettit play a game. So what the fuck do I know about Bob Pettit? Bob Pettit? I mean, I can tell you 
what I know about him, but I don't really know. I never saw him fucking play. Uh, 44, Kevin McHale. 43, George Gervin. 42, Gary Payton, the glove. 41, Elvin Hayes. 40, Dolph Shays. Not Dan Shays. Dolph Shays. 39, Rick Barry. Okay. I, I did Rick Barry because he had the, just the granny style free throw. It was pretty amazing. Uh, 38, Paul Pierce. 38th best player of all time. I don't know that I agree with that one. But I will say, I agree with him being... I, I wasn't outraged yet. I was reading these and I wasn't really outraged. I was a little bit outraged on the Kawhi Leonard 50 and du- Dwight Howard 49 thing. 37, George Mikan. For 36, Bob Cousy. 35, Isaiah Thomas. And I was like, okay, okay. Isaiah Thomas, I... First thing I noted was that, huh, I would probably have him a little higher. 34, Allen Iverson. 33, John Havlicek. 32, Watt Frazier. Which, once again, I've never seen Havlicek. I never saw Frazier play. I could only, you know, listen to my dad and listen to other people that maybe saw these guys play. 31, Patrick Ewing. 30, Clyde Drexler. 29, Jason Kidd. And then this is where the outrage was for me. 28, Steve Nash. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Guys, I don't think Steve Nash should be in the top 50. Steve Nash, okay, yeah. You ran around the court. You ran around the court. You could pass very well. And you played in Mike D'Antoni's system. It worked for you. You're a good player. I don't want to take that away from you. 28, you're not a great player to me. You're a terrible defensive player, by the way. They don't even matter. Do they even mention that on this fucking thing? 28 best player. They, by the way, they have David Robinson as 27. Um, I'll get to the rest in a second here, but I, I was completely outraged by this. Steve Nash, 28th best player of all time. They have Steve Nash better than Jason Kidd, which by the way is not true. Jason Kidd was better than Steve Nash. I don't care what anyone says. Jason Kidd was much better than Steve Nash. Okay. Then, Clyde Drexler. <laughs> Clyde Drexler was much better than Steve Nash. Are you fucking kidding me? Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing, guys, I, the guy who wrote this must be young because he doesn't remember Patrick Ewing from like 88 to like, two, to like 94, 95. Dude was amazing. Are you fucking kidding me with Steve Nash? Then you go up to Walt, well, Walt Frazier. Okay, I don't know. John Havlicek, I don't know, but I would assume that they're better. Then you get to Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson will always be better than Steve Nash. Always. You cannot convince me that Steve Nash was ever any better than Allen Iverson. At one, not, it's just silly. It's a silly... This writer is a fucking idiot. All right? Then you have Isaiah Thomas. Okay, Isaiah Thomas, to me, I think you, could, you can argue as the best point guard of all time. I'm not saying I would be on board with that, but I'm saying you can make that argument. I don't think you can argue that Steve Nash is the best point guard of all time. Isaiah Thomas was incredible. Talk about a guy that could have averaged like 30 a game, but he was so unselfish. Great defender. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Steve Nash better than Isaiah Thomas. That's the one that shocked me the most right there. Steve Nash better than Isaiah Thomas. Guy's a clown and Jason Kidd. And well, I even have this other guy better than Jason. Uh, but I'm just saying, I'll take Paul Pierce over Steve Nash. I'll take, I mean, I don't, Rick Barry and Dolph Chase. I don't know. 
Elvin Hayes, I don't know. Gary Payton, though, I'd take Gary Payton over Jason Kidd. I mean, I think that one's close. That's a good argument. But Gary Payton is better than, way, way better than Steve Nash. Are you kidding me? He's remembering, I think the writer just forgot how good of a defensive point guard Gary Payton was. I haven't even seen if he has Stockton on this list or not. I'll take Ray Allen over Steve Nash. I'll take Reggie Miller over Steve Nash. I will definitely take Dominique Wilkins in his prime over Steve Nash. Are you kidding me? This is this is this is an outrage. Who? Hold on, let's let's find out who wrote this fucking article. Who wrote this thing? Uh, we might have to tweet this guy and say, "Hey, what the hell are you talking about? Who wrote this article? I don't even see. Uh, maybe it's at the end." All right, now let me just before I get to the end, keep some suspense going since we don't have Patty C in the place to be. Well, I just want to tell you guys, well, I got more shit to talk about too, but that the Sports Gambling Podcast is brought to you by Amazon. Look, I already know you guys shop at Amazon because you're part of planet Earth. And although I haven't shopped at Amazon in the past week or two, you know I'm always there. I'm always riding those rivers. You know what I mean? So I'm about to tomorrow. I think I'm going to sit around, maybe scratch my nuts for a little bit. Then go on the amazon.com. I'm going to order those Mike Leach books. All right. Because I thought, Hey, I haven't read those. He seems like an interesting, compelling guy to me. And I hope you do too. If you listen to that interview, but in general, anything you guys want on amazon.com you can get, but why not get it while supporting our podcast that you probably already listened to that hopefully you like. So go to sports backslash Amazon bookmark that link and use it every time you shop. And then it benefits us so we can give you more content. We can do more interviews with Mike Leach. We can do more interviews with Bill Burr. We can do more interviews with people that you'll be like, Holy shit. You guys got on. We got other coaches coming. We got other potential players and athletes coming all pending on us getting more and more shine. So if you can, which I know you can don't fucking, don't you fucking give me this. You can't because I know you're on Amazon. You're watching all this fucking TV shows. All right. No, I'm not caught up on game of Thrones. Um, where am I at here? Where the hell am I at? Watching that show Billions, though. I can tell you this. Billions is a great show. But I do think this. How the fuck does uh, his wife refer to Paul Giamatti as a great father? And she she's a great mother. They barely f- show their kids. Their kids, like, live in a, like, they're invisible throughout, like, every season. Every once in a while, you'll see them eating breakfast. I don't believe that they're good mom and, mom and or mother and father to their kids. I always, there's a part in like one of those seasons where it's like, he's such a good father. And I'm like, really? I don't fucking believe that. But other than that, it's a great TV show. Check it out. I really believe that. Um, <laughs> this is a college experience. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Back to the, the list though. Okay. So below 28, which Steve Nash, number 28, just about the dumbest fucking thing on the planet. Um, let's just scroll down and see who he's got here before I talk some college football. Uh, 27, David Robinson. Okay. Well, 26, Elgin Baylor, 25, Dwayne Wade, 
24. Kevin Durant, 23. John Stockton. Oh, so he has Stockton. Huh. Okay. Uh, 22, Scotty Pippen. I think I'd probably have Pippen further back on the list. Um, but he's definitely, Pippen's still better than Steve Nash. Uh, 21, Chris Paul. Wait, he has Chris Paul better than every other point guard ever, maybe, except Magic Johnson. Um, number 20, Charles Barkley. 19, Steph Curry. 18, Dr. J. Whoa. He's getting a little love at Dr. J at 18. 17, Dirk Nowitzki. 16, Carl Malone. 15, Kevin Garnett. 14, Moses Malone. 13, Jerry West. 12, Oscar Robertson. 11, Akeem Olajuwon. Well, this guy may be an idiot, but he still drastically thinks that uh, Olajuwon, or say he still thinks that Olajuwon's drastically better than David Robinson, which I, I do see eye to eye there. Then at number 10, he's got Kobe Bryant. Uh, Kobe Bryant should probably be higher. Number nine, Shaq. Sorry, I have Olajuwon better than Shaq. Um, number eight, Larry Bird. Seven, Tim Duncan. Six, Bill Russell. Five, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Four, Magic Johnson. Three, Wilt Chamberlain. Two, LeBron James. One, Michael Jordan. I thought they were a little harsh on Kobe, but yeah, I understand Kobe had Shaq and he had Phil Jackson, but hell. Still seems a little harsh to me. Um, Yeah. Main outrage on that list is the fact that this guy has Steve Nash that fucking high up. I mean, he is Dr. J a little, a little too high in my opinion too. Even Chris Paul and Pippen. But the, the worst one is easily Steve Nash and the second worst is probably Dwight Howard or Kawhi Leonard being top 50 of all time. Kawhi Leonard is probably going to end up on that list, but I'm just saying. Already? Really? Is it me? Is it me? All right, let's switch gears. Switch gears. Talked basketball. Talked hockey. Did that nonsense. Now I want to dive into uh, Brad Powers. Released, uh, by the way, Alan Cooley. Our guy Alan Cooley referred me to this. Brad Powers, who writes for the Phil Steele magazine, and I think he does a few other uh, publications, released his most improved teams in college football for 2019. And to be honest, Alan and, and, and whoever listens to this podcast, I agree with a lot of them, but there's a few that I kind of agree with that. I hate that. I agree with. Okay. First off, he starts off with Nebraska. Sure. I agree. I think Nebraska is going to win the big 10 West. I'll tell you that right now. I got Nebraska winning the big 10 West. Then he has Arkansas, Arkansas. Um, I'm going to only, I first, I just laughed at that because I don't think they're going to be any better, but then I forgot how garbage their fucking schedule was. So what I did was I said, Oh, let me, uh, let me pull up Arkansas schedule because they're bound to be better than last year based on how shitty their schedule is. I don't think they have a road, uh, game out of conference and they don't play a power five out of conference. So at that point you're like, Oh, that's a pretty easy ride. So let's just go through Arkansas. Now, sure, are they going to be improved? I mean, how many games did they win last year? Let's 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 just take a game. It was like I think it was three. They won in 2018. No, they won two. So they won two games last year, and that was one of them was against Eastern Illinois. The other was against Tulsa. <laughs> They lost to North Texas at home by 27 points. 
And they went on the road. They they actually had the balls to go on the road at Colorado State, and they lost to a three and nine Colorado State team. So this year, they this is their schedule. At a conference, they get Portland State four and seven in the FCS ranks. That's fucking awful. In the FCS ranks, that means you've never been very good, or not never been, but you're not good last year in the FCS ranks. And I think the year before, they only won one game. Um, then you got Colorado State was three and nine. Right, so Portland State and Colorado State both come to Fayetteville, and then the week after Colorado State, they get San Jose State and Fayetteville. San Jose State won one game last year, went one and eleven, lost to an FCS opponent last year, and their fourth opponent at a conference is a home game against Western Kentucky. So all four home games. So Western Kentucky went three and nine last year, including losing to an F. CS team, Maine. Well, at least Maine went to the college football playoff. San Jose State's FCS team did not, I, if I don't think, if memory serves me correct. So my point here is they have four games against pretty awful competition. So you know that they're going to get four wins there. So that's going to double their win total right there. So that's pretty improved right there. And then if they just win like one of these home... <laughs> One of these SEC games, maybe it's Missouri, maybe it's Ole Miss, maybe it's Kentucky. They they get all of those. Maybe it's Mississippi State. If they can just win two of those, they're gonna be in a they're gonna be in a bowl game. Which once again, can, can, you know, not to just continue to tell you that it's an advantage. Well, people will be like, Oh, the SEC had 10 bowl teams last year. Well, yeah. When you play uh, an eight conference schedule and you play at this bad out of conference, it's pretty fucking easy to make a bowl game. Huh? Anyway, I still don't think they're going to make a bowl. I think they're going to win five games, maybe four. I'm going to get, give them five. I'll give them five. They're going to go five and seven, which he's Brad powers was vague, I guess, in stating his, uh, uh, his, you know, his uh, order here on what he said, most improved. Well, by what standards are they improved because they, they doubled their win total of last year. Sure. But they also play shit. Okay. And then he's got UCLA, which I actually agree with. I still think UCLA schedules so hard. I don't know that UCLA will be able to win anything like, okay. UCLA won. Let's, let's go. I'm going to, Hang on for a second. I'm pulling up UCLA's uh, 2019 schedule. It's incredibly hard. I know that. I have it rated as like one of the top five hardest schedules in the country. But I will say this, man. Towards the end of last year, Chip Kelly's team start started to to really develop. I thought, and they beat USC. They were just much more competitive. Competitive. Dorian Robinson looked the part towards the end of the year. Their their freshman quarterback last year. Okay, so they went three and nine last year. I definitely think they're going to be better than three and nine. But when you look at their schedule, I mean, right out of the gate, they need to just win these two games, really. They're at Cincinnati, who won 10 games last year. All right, Cincinnati went to Pasadena and beat them. That's not an easy win. Then they're home to San Diego State, two really good mid-majors. Right, San Diego State's five and one in their last six against the Pac-12, including a win against Arizona State last year. I think they beat Stanford the year before. It's not it's, they're not playing Oregon State either. They're beating legit Pac-12 teams, and and they're talented. Rocky Long, great coach. Um, if they 
don't win one of those games. Let, let's just say they go one and one there. Well, their third game, they're home to Oklahoma. They're going to go one and two. Their fourth game is at Washington State. I would favor Washington State in that game. Sure, could UCLA find a way to win? Potentially. So I got them at one and three. Then they're at Arizona. Someone's got to get better with year two at the helm. Khalil Tate's still there. I think Arizona will probably be slightly favored, but let's just give it to Chip Kelly. Let's just say somehow he gets the win. Not, not like it's that hard of a game, but I'm saying let's say he gets the win at Arizona. Then he's home to Oregon state. Although I love what Jonathan Smith is doing at Oregon state. I think coming to Pasadena, that's going to be a tough win for them. So I'm going to say UCLA is going to be three and three after six. And that's with me potentially being a little generous. Um, They get a bye week and then they're at Stanford. I think they will lose at Stanford and they will be three and four. Sorry, I got a drink here. Uh, Then they're home to Arizona state. Arizona state lost Manny Wilkins. They lost Nikhil Harry. But Herm Edwards really exceeded my expectations last year of where Arizona State and what they're doing. Let's just say I'll give it to them. Four and four. Home to Colorado. Colorado's one of these teams, and I'm a Colorado fan. If you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm a Colorado fan. They have a lot returning of talent. I just don't know what to think of Mel Tucker, especially offensively. But they have a really good quarterback who's on NFL radar. And, you know, I think I saw him projected as a second rounder. They got LaVisca Chenault, who's one of the most electric players in the country who can run the ball, catch the ball. I mean, they got great, a great receiving core. Sure. I mean, I, my point is here is that I don't know that this is a for sure win. (laughs) Um, if anything, I'll say, okay, let's just give it to them. Let's, this is us best case scenario, right? Let's say they win both of those. So now they're five and four. Okay. Then they get a bye week and then they're at Utah. No way they win at Utah. They're five and five. That's a hard place to win. Utah's loaded this year. Then they're at USC. And I think USC is going to remember last year. They're five and six at USC. And then they're home to Cal. And I'm loving what Justin Wilcox is doing. I think Cal will be favored that game. I think they're going to go either five and seven or six and six, but that's us giving them Cal, Colorado, Arizona state, Arizona, and Oregon state I, and, and San Diego state. I don't know that the, I, that's a fucking hard schedule. I don't know that they could win any of those games. Fucking could go in 12 for all I know. I, they won't because I know chip Kelly's got this team headed in the right direction, but I will say this, Brad powers. I agree with that. I think they will be improved. I think actually I'm going to make the statement that I think Chip Kelly's going to get them to a bowl. I'm, I'm seeing like six and six. They go to a bowl rice, a Rooney bowl or some shit like that. Uh, his other teams, he's got on the list, Florida state. Now this is one that I don't know that I agree with. I just need to see more last year. Florida state's offensive line was atrocious. And you're telling me Deandre Francois, their best, easily their best quarterback. I thought, transfers out. See, then you're telling me that I just have a hard time believing that all of a sudden Florida state's going to be that. now they did get Kendall Bryles who I thought kind of underachieved at Houston, but he, he overachieved. I will say that he did overachieve at Florida Atlantic, but 
when you really look at the schedule here, you're telling me you see Florida State winning this many games? Okay, they got a neutral site. Well, they pulled an SEC with a neutral site game in Jacksonville. Not much of a neutral site for Boise. Um, I, but I would favor Boise out of the gate. Tell you that right now. Boise is more right now. Willie Taggart. Another thing that scares me with the Willie Taggart Taggart hires. They've been the most penalized team in the nation the past two years. Not Florida State. Willie Taggart coach teams have. That tells me that maybe you're not such a great coach. That's what the fucking tells me. So I'm going to say they lose to Boise week one, but with it being in the backyard, it very winnable game for Florida State, but I think they're going to go 0 and 1. Then they're home to Louisiana Monroe. That's a win. They're going to go 1 and 1. Maybe 2 and 0. Boise did lose Brett Rippon, but at, at this point, I just don't have anything to believe that they're just flat out better than Boise State. Um, so I'm going to say 1 and 1. Then they're at Virginia. And I think Virginia is loaded this year and I think I love Bryce Perkins, love what Bronco Mendenhall is doing. I was really high on that hire. So I got uh, Virginia getting the win there. Two and one. Or I'm sorry, one and two for Florida State. And then they're home to Louisville. They should be able to beat Louisville. But Scott Satterfield, I think, does, will get the most out of his team despite them being really, really, from what I understand, they're light years back from uh, the Louisville team a few years ago. Set back, I'm sorry, not, not back. Um, so I'm going to say two and two. Then they're home to NC State. Now, that's one that I... I think I was talking with a Twitter fan about this and I was saying that, uh, I mean, I think NC state's better right now. Doran's a better coach than Taggart. As far as I've seen, he's been recruiting good. I, they, sure. They lost some, some key players, but Florida state's O line has been terrible for two years. So they really got to get better fast. Now I know that switching to Browse offense will probably help that offense get better because they'll get the ball out of the quarterback's hands faster. So that offense won't, the O line won't have to, uh, to, to block as long. However, all right, I'm going to give this one to Florida state. Let's say Florida state gets this one. Maybe that's the ECU and me. Although I still think NC state could easily beat them and win this game. Let's say Florida state gets this. So the, I got them then at, uh, what three and two, then they get a bye week. They're at Clemson. They're going to lose that three and three. Then they're at wake forest. And this is where I think they lose Dave Clawson is a fucking money coach. He's been proving it. They're going to lose at Wake Forest, right? Uh, then they are what? Uh, three, three and four at that point. Then they're home to Syracuse, which I would favor Syracuse. Babers won 10 games at Syracuse last year. They're, and they're, I feel like they're going to be better. Now, sure, is this a winnable game? Yeah, same with Wake Forest. Winnable game. I'm going to say they lose. Three and five. Then they're home to Miami. Oh, so I thought they were at Miami. I'm going to say they beat Miami. Four and five. Find a way to beat Miami. Then they're at Boston College in November 9th. They're going to lose that game. Four and six. Then they're home to Alabama State. Five and six. Then they get a bye week. They're at Florida. Five and seven. Five and seven. What they basically need to do is either beat Boise State or Wake Forest to prove me wrong. I don't see them beating anyone out. Maybe Syracuse. They're not going to win at Virginia. I really don't think so. But I mean, so if they won five games, well, they won five, they won five and seven last year. So I'm going to disagree on them being much improved. Maybe they go six and six. Maybe you're tired of hearing me talk about this shit. 
I don't fucking know. Welcome to the college experience. Um, and what else did he have on this list? Just to run through and I'll go over some. Uh, I'm not going to go deep into these teams, but Virginia tech, I do agree with them. I think Virginia tech will be improved. Um, Coastal's open. I think it's between them, Virginia and, and Miami, I think Pittsburgh as well for, for the coastal Tennessee. I think Tennessee could be actually, I'll answer this one just for, uh, just for our guy, Alan Cooley. Let's go check out a little Tennessee action here. Tennessee, let's see how many games they won last year. I think they won five last year, if memory serves me correct. I think what they, I think Vanderbilt's on a three-game winning streak, buddy. But mm, they went five and seven. I'll tell you this, though. I like the out-of-conference con- out schedule. is not that bad for them this year. Okay. So five and seven for them to be drastically improved. What seven and five, eight and four. Let's see home to Georgia state week one. That's a win home to BYU. That's where things get a little hairy. I think, you know what I, me and Patty C called this one a couple weeks ago and I think I'm actually going to give this to Tennessee. I was thinking about this the other day. I like that home crowd. If it was in Provo, I would take BYU all fucking day long. But the fact that it's in Knoxville, give me Tennessee to win that one in a close one. So I got two and L. They better win that because if you lose that and you think you're going to get to a fucking bowl game, you're crazy. Um, then they're home to Chattanooga, so they're gonna be three and zero oh at the gate. Then they're at Florida, three and one. They get a bye week. They're home to Georgia, three and two. Then they're home to Mississippi State. I would favor Mississippi State, although that's a winnable game for for Tennessee. I'm gonna say Mississippi State gets that one. They're three and three. Now, once again, much like Florida State, Tennessee's offensive line has been terrible lately. Then they're at Alabama. That's three and four. Then they're home to South Carolina. You know what? I'm gonna say they get they get that one. I don't know why, because if anything, you should, I should favor South Carolina here because John, uh, I mean, what's his name? Brantley's, uh, uh, back for what I think a senior year now, I think. Um, and then you got what UAB after that. So that'd be how many wins there? Three, four, five, by the way, but don't sleep on UAB. They've been good. They've been good and they're getting better. So <laughs> I'll put it like that. They better make sure they win the BYU and UAB games. Um, so that, that would be five wins there for them. Then they're at Kentucky. I think that's a loss at Missouri. I think that's a loss home to Vandy and that one. They have been able to win recently, but I, okay. I could see them winning six games this year. You can't tell me much more than that. Maybe seven. If they beat Mississippi state. I mean, <laughs> I guess the, there's some 50, 50 games here. They got a lot of 50, 50 games here to me. The BYU game is almost a 50, 50 game. Mississippi state games have, like pretty close to a 50, 50 game. I would still favor Mississippi state, South Carolina. I would favor South Carolina, but it's close to a 50, 50 game. So the three and then at Kentucky four, I think they'll lose at Missouri. And then even the Vandy five, they got like five 50, 50 games in UAB, which could end up being a 50, 50 game. If UAB shows up, you can't tell me that that fucking team is going to do much though. I mean, if the right, if they can get on a run and, and win some of those games, I mean, you're going to find that a lot week two, the BYU game. And then obviously like, I think they lose to Florida, lose to Georgia, but October 12th against Mississippi state, you'll find out a lot about them. If they win that game. Then maybe you got something to build on Allen. 
Um, I'm not going to agree with that one though. I'm not going to agree with that assessment by Brad Powers. I do not think that is uh that is is a I don't I I would not have them as one of the most improved teams. Uh, other teams he's got on the list: Central Michigan, which I could see because Central Michigan only won one game last year, and they get they hired McElwain, which I think is actually a solid coach. So I'm on board with Central Michigan. Uh, once again, it's not really defined how much improved you have to be, but I think they'll be drastically better than they were last year. Air Force, and I agree with the Air Force a little bit, but I I would put Navy on this list before I put Air Force. Um, North Carolina, sure. Mac Brown's recruiting really good, and I think he is a good coach. So I do think North Carolina can only get better. Um, Florida Atlantic, I think I think Florida Atlantic will be better than five and seven. I don't know how much. I'll say seven and five, eight and four this year. But uh, yeah, those those are my takes on the his list right there. I could I think I could do a better list though. I don't know. I'm not knocking you, Brad. I just think I could do a better list. Um, guys, this is the college experience. I hope you like the show. It's a solo show, so it was kind of hard to fucking sit here and just talk to myself and feel good about myself while I drink vodka. But alcohol did save my life, and I want you guys to remember that. All right? Um, let me tell you this. Um, we would really like a nice iTunes review. Been kind of dragging lately. We got a few. A few lately. Uh, probably like four or five in the past month or two. I think two of them are talking shit. So we could really use any college. I've been getting tweets with everyone wearing the shirts. Appreciate that. Really do. We could use some more love though on the iTunes comment section. If you could please go to the sports gambling podcast network on iTunes. That means if you have iTunes, go to the search engine, type in sports gambling podcast network and boom, it shows up. If you don't, if you're working with Android or any of those other devices, Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We have an iTunes section you can click on that will lead you in there so you can write the review yourself. Very friendly. user, Very user-friendly, I should say. And uh, yeah, we'd appreciate that. We really would. This is the college experience. We are going to dive into week four college football when we see Patty C on Thursday. So look forward to that if you've been following along. If not, um. Yeah, we're at the dog days of summer. Expect a lot more coverage on college football on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And we appreciate you guys listening. You can find us on Twitter. You can find the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at SGP Network. You can find Patty C on Twitter at Patty C831. You can find me on Twitter at the Colby D. This is the college experience, guys, and we thank you for listening. You better start thinking about yours. <laughs> <laughs>